Welcome to a special edition of Veterans Voice. Another cybersecurity heads up for you. I'm Ted Robertson. You're listening to the Veterans Voice presented by USAA, coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio here on the campus of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Our guest today, a great friend of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, the veteran community because he is one and also the exclusive technology provider. In other words, what you're hearing us through, we couldn't get to you if it was not for Blake Schwank and Colorado. Computer support. Blake, it's great to have you back. Hey, thanks for having me, Ted. It's uh, good to be here as always. And this week, it happens to be artificial intelligence. Some people may be groaning right now because they've heard more than they want to hear about it. Other people need to know about artificial intelligence. It is having incredible implications in our lives. And on LinkedIn, not too long ago, you recently published a post about some concerns we should be having about uh, chat GPT in particular, but certainly an AI platform. Well, any AI can be used for good or bad. And there's some really cool things that that, that are out there um, that people are using chat GPT for, for making emails better, writing your bio- biography and making it sound better. Um, I'm going to uh, London and Paris uh, in a couple months and to have it act as a tour guide and create me a walking tour of downtown Paris is a great feature of it. And there's all sorts of really good things that people are using it for to help increase it. But it does have a dark side to it, just like probably anything that's ever been created, someone's gonna use it for bad. And there's definitely people using chat GPT or the potential to use it for bad that we need to be aware of. Here comes an artificial intelligence platform. What do I need to be looking for? Actually, one thing you could do is, uh, is go out to ChatGPT and ask it, how do you protect the data on your computer? And it'll tell you how to back up all the different things that that you have. Um, I don't think it's going to replace the IT technician anytime soon, but uh, it can help overcome some of those obstacles. But the, the risk is that you said you're going through your emails. So right now, if you want to write a phishing campaign or a phishing email, um, and you're in Russia or anywhere else you're in India or or uh, Africa somewhere and you're trying to write it chances are you're not a native american speaker and so one of the things that we've pointed out over the years when you're looking at your email one way to avoid becoming a, a victim of a phishing campaign is look at the emails and see if they make grammatical sense and that would expose a huge amount of these phishing campaigns because someone in Russia or in India is having to go hire some native speaker, somebody that's a, an English studies student, to write a pretty good email. But just like if you're a if you're fluent in German or fluent in some other language, you're not going to get all the nuances that they would have sending emails back and forth within Germany. So ChatGPT allows them to take what they would write and then have it put into the proper business context of an email. Now, it is built into ChatGPT to not help people write phishing emails. Well, you don't have to write necessarily a phishing email. You can write a normal email, have it create all the content so it sounds really good, and then you just change the wording a little bit so it does become a phishing email. And then you sound like it's coming from you know, your boss or somebody down the street or another business associate because ChatGPT helped the, 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 the you know, Russian guy create it and make it sound like it comes from, you know, somebody in the southern U.S. When does it come to a point where we just can't trust anything we read anymore? 
I think we're at that point. I mean, and that's been our stance for, gosh, since we started sending emails is don't trust what you get. Give it a, you know, give it a sanity check when it comes in. Is it something that you expect? And most emails are, are innocuous, but if somebody, if you get an email that is asking you to do something with, with money or to click on something, we have always, you know, even if it sounds perfect over the last 10, 20 years, have asked people to stop and think, and does that email make sense? You know, there have been major breaches of, of different organizations where this stuff is supposedly deeply ingrained security organizations where somebody gets an email. Um, you know, there was a big one 10, 10 or so years ago, someone sent out an email about, uh, um, about, uh, payroll or something, a spreadsheet on payroll. And one of the guys in the security company clicked on it and they were breached, which had major ramifications. Um, and so even people that know better, Still doing it, so the just the keep harping on that. So, but it just is worse now because you can, they can write much better emails than they were able to a couple of years ago because they're getting help from artificial intelligence platforms like ChatGPT. Right. All right. So now uh, our government is trying to respond to it. Yeah, and the 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 director of CISA was talking about how we need to now start looking at cybersecurity more like the automotive industry and where. Years ago, you could buy a car that did not come with seatbelt standards, and it had plate glass windows, so you went flying through the windshield if you crashed and cut yourself up. They decided to start making safety standard in those, and so they, you can't buy a car now without a seatbelt, without a, without a seatbelt uh, alarm on it that tells you when you didn't you know, set your seatbelt. You can't buy it without a, an airbag. And what they're talking about is we need to get to that point in cybersecurity where it's not dependent on the the uh, user of the computer, consumer of the computer, to make sure that they're applying patches and, and making sure that they're you know protecting themselves, that it is a standard that's across the board. How but, might I find chat GPT in my own life? It, it's a great thing to use. I think day to day, you know, be aware that it's a threat out there. Um, you can use it to solve some of the issues like we mentioned, ask it how to best back up your computer. Now, from a corporate standpoint, you don't want to just rely on ChatGPT to tell you how to secure all your data in your office. If you've got 50 employees, you want a company doing that, not just ChatGPT giving you answers. But, you know, there's a lot you can do business-wise. I had it rewrite my biography. I have it, uh, you know, if I have to write something that's long and uh, a, a letter or something, I dump it into ChatGPT, ask it to be a, a, a copywriter and give me a better... Uh, um, thing. There's some fun things you can do with it. You can have it write your emails in a rhyme. And so you paste your email in there. It'll rewrite it as a rhyme. Um, I use it for travel. Um, there, there's a lot of things that you can do. You can use it for recipes. Well, and then on the other side of that, what about the idea that you should know how to spell before you start relying on a software platform to do this stuff for you. You should know how to use and write the English language. And you do a couple of great examples of, you know, think that through. Did the world end when? And you gave me a couple of good examples. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the best speller. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for the red squiggly line in, in, yeah. in, in Word. And uh, I always go back and double check it. Uh, and I go through and I reread emails to make sure that they're grammatically correct. And, and thankfully, I was raised to do that. But we've been we we've had these 
you know, major steps in the past, right? I just, I was up visiting my dad. He had his slide rule from his Air Force Academy days and uh, he gave it to me. And, you know, I'm sure that whoever was teaching math back in the day probably was, you know, had a heart attack when HP released the first calculator for like $300 because now they were going to be able to solve problems um, quickly. Well, so then we got the calculator and then we ended up with all sorts of fancier ways to do math and nobody's touched the slide rule. The world has not ended. You know, we had uh, um, in high school, we had typing classes. I, I didn't do typing class. I did something else. So I never learned to type, but that's how we used to write papers was on typewriters. And if you made a mistake, you had to go back and redo it. When I've heard stories about people working on like their, their, their theses and stuff where there were like people that would type these papers up and they would have to redo them time and time and again. And you had people that were making money as thesis writers that for masters and PhDs and stuff. We don't have to do that anymore. You know, you just type it up yourself and you edit it and you tweak it and then print it out. Well, we went from typewriters to the, the word processor, the desktop word processor before computers, right? Where you saw one line of text and everybody thought, oh my gosh, now we're not going to have to type anymore. The kids are going to become idiots and they're going to mm -hmm. rely on technology. We made it through the 80s and that word processor and everybody was fine. The world didn't end. And then we went to computers and everybody's freaking out because, you know, we could now adjust you know, what we were writing. It was in WordPerfect or Word. It was, it was all, uh, you know, on green text on your computer screen, but you could have it adjust your computer. Your, your, you know, I think at the, big, at the time it was nice to be able to work on a paper that was supposed to be 10 pages and you could easily tweak it to be, you know, nine and a half pages to 10 or from 11 to 10. And so you wouldn't have to do that. And teachers probably freaked out that, you know, things were going to change. We survived. This is the next thing. And we're going to find ways to deal with it. And cybersecurity too. Everybody panicked 20 years ago with cyber threats. We adapted to it. And this is a new cyber threat. And uh, society will adapt to it. Yeah, that's what we try to do is, is, is educate our clients, implement the tools, you know, have people add seat belts to their cars yeah. and uh, so that they're safe. You know, they may not want to. They may not need, know that they need to, right? Do you remember when we start, first started using seat belts and, you know, everybody was like, no, this is my right. I don't have to wear a seat belt and I don't need a seat belt in my car. And, you know, just put the kids in the back seat. It took a little while before we got to that point. And, you know, we'll help continue to educate people. There were education campaigns on why you should put your kids in a seatbelt in the back seat instead of just letting them sleep. Um, yeah. yeah. It took a while, and it's, it's going to be a constant evolution. And yep. cars are still, you know, to this day, they keep adding safety features that yeah. are by default that you get with your car. We sometimes have to do things to get people to pay attention and get them to do the right thing. Chat GPT is probably no different. Uh, last thought on this uh, from you, if you don't mind, Blake, is it invasive stuff? So it's not going to be able to do a really good job about writing a letter like, you know, Ted Robertson or Blake Schwank. You know, if you wanted to write like an author, as long as you're not somebody that's published a lot, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. But what it can do is, you know, write like a business person, write like a, a, a business executive versus write like, you know, um, you know, a child, right? So it can write a very professional 
content very um, and or can write humorous content. So you could write write this write this letter with humor. Write this letter as an executive professional kind of letter. It can do that kind of stuff. And then it can also do research on on you and your company. So um, right now it's the it, I, I believe it's 2021 that it can't go past. So it's not going to know um, you know data about you you know, everything this year, um, mm-hmm. and that'll change again in the future. But, um, but you can have it do research on companies. So you could have it go do research on, you know, tell me the, the executives of, you know, General Electric or whatever business, and it's going to go out, it's going to comb all the public records and find out what's available, which then just makes sending those emails so that, you know, it's like from Ted to Blake, mm-hmm. um, and it's asking business uh, um, appropriate kind of um, questions for that fishing camp. So it'll conform to certain conventions of writing uh-huh. the English language. Like you said, it can write like an author. It can write like a, a CEO. It can write like a humorist. It can write like um, you said it can rhyme. It can rhyme. And <laughs> right now, and so when I... Um, Went to Germany last year. I spent a lot of time on like uh, Google Translate. You put in there, you know, you know, I would like a beer place, right? And it comes back with uh, and says Ein Bier bitte, right? Well, you could actually have it. Google Translate is going to give you basically the book answer for what it is, basically word for word, right? Yeah. But if you want it to say, you know, to do a phrase or to do a sentence, do a paragraph like a German speaker, that's where it comes in. So you take a paragraph. Google Translate, it's going to give you the book answer. If you want it to say it like a German uh, speaker, like a, a native German, it'll write it up like someone from Munich would say. Okay, so that's so the scary part. We're talking to a bunch of folks who lead wonderful average daily lives just like you and me. What are the pros and cons of ChatGPT, and what should the takeaways be today? Go out and Google the top uses of ChatGPT, and there you'll find some fun stuff out there for uh, you to do, some really cool things that help your life. And uh, language, travel, um, your, your area, you know, go, go throw in there, what would a tour guide say to go check out in my city? You know, give me a walking tour of my city, and you can do some of that cool stuff. Um, from a cybersecurity standpoint, you know, you're not going to be able to solve your world with uh, chat GPT from a cybersecurity standpoint, but go out and ask it, how do I protect all the data on my computer? Bottom line is, make sure you have copies of everything on your system that's important to you. If, it's, if you're going to lose sleep because your email doesn't work or because you lose your My Documents, then, you know, if... There's ways to back it up. You know, there's Carbonite and stuff like that for your local computer that'll back it all up. But if nothing else, grab a thumb drive, go up and hit, you know, file, export, or copy and paste it onto that thumb drive. Learn how to protect your data on your personal computer. You know, in a business, it's the business's responsibility. But on your personal computer at home, make sure you back that stuff up. Blake Schwank, CEO and founder of Colorado Computer Support. How long have you guys been in business now, Blake? Oh, we're coming up on 22 years. Man. So it's been a little while. <laughs> it's been an age. <laughs> <laughs> Lots has changed. No idea when I got out of the Army that I would be doing this 22 years later. So. Army veteran and exclusive technology provider for the Veterans Voice. We cannot thank you enough for spending a few of your very, very busy and precious minutes with us here today talking about something that uh, could be a monster for folks, but you figured out a way to break it down, make it simple. Uh, Blake, uh, there are several places for people to get to know you 
you, to see your posts, to learn more from you and your marketing team at Colorado Computer Support because you guys are all about making sure that people are safe online and have tips and tricks to make their worlds better operating in Microsoft Office documents, for example. I love uh, your marketing guys' tips about how to use uh, certain features in Excel spreadsheets, for example. It's pretty useful stuff. So talk about your tech tips. Talk about your yeah. uh, Saturday videos. So we do two, at least two videos. I think we're going to do three videos a week now just on basic tips. They're easy to digest, a minute or two, three, four long and uh, covers stuff like you mentioned, uh, covers basic uh, cybersecurity tips um, and stuff that, uh, you know, for the average user. And that's at our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and search Colorado Computer Support, you'll come up there. We have, I don't know, three or 400 videos up there right now. All of that you can find from coloradosupport.com, which is our website. We also post a lot. Uh, we're very active on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, and then, uh, you know, Anybody can always find us also at uh, 719-439-0599. We, we, we focus on businesses, but we, we do have partners that do consumer-level uh, uh, support. But you're still as big as ever on helping everybody understand yeah. the world of computing. It doesn't have to be a mystery and understand the little things and the big things, just like we're talking about today. We can't thank you enough, Blake, for, uh, as I say, being here and giving us some of your precious time today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Blake Schwank, CEO and founder of Colorado Computer Support, exclusive technology provider for The Veteran's Voice. And The Veteran's Voice is presented by USAA, coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio here on the campus of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Ted Robertson. Uh, Blake, I can't wait to have you back real soon because there's more to talk about. Yeah, let me know anytime.